Excuse me. 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 Hello, everybody, and welcome to Morgan Dorks. This is a bi-weekly Daria podcast where we take an in-depth look at our favorite animated teenage misanthrope episode by episode. I'm Rob Press. And I'm Nissa Lee. And today we are looking at Season 2, Episode 11, See Jane Run, wherein Jane joins the Lawndale High Track team and Daria spends a lot of time talking to herself. Because that's a reasonable reaction. <laughs> um, this episode aired on July 20th, 1998, and was written by Rochelle Romberg. This is Romberg's first writing credit for Daria, and she goes on to write three more episodes, but not a whole lot else. Normally, at the beginning of every episode, we go over like what other writing credits these guys have, and uh, Rochelle Romberg has done some other stuff, but it's mostly stuff that never really got terribly popular. Like it's a lot of shows that I just straight up didn't recognize the names of from like the mid to late nineties. Ditto. But I think she actually has a pretty good episode here. Solid. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So with that in mind, do we want to get into our beat by beat? Yep. Drop an Anchor by Jimmy's Chicken Shack opens the episode. (laughs) Jimmy's Chicken Shack. Wow. Yet another band that I haven't thought about in a long time. And you probably listen to daily. I I haven't heard Jimmy's Chicken Shack since Jimmy's Chicken Shack was popular, but I'm never going to forget that band name. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it does open the episode. And we see a quick clip of Jane Silhouette running slow motion at sunrise. Or or at sunset, I'm not really sure. Um, cut to gym class at Lawndale High. It's focus on agility month, which is really Miss Morris's way of sneaking cheerleading practice into gym class. Daria and Jane are hanging in the bleachers instead of doing splits and somersaults. From up high, Jane spots a hottie. Uh, too much by Spice Girls plays momentarily, but Ms. Morris swoops in to stop the fun. Gotta stop the Spice Girls, huh? <laughs> <laughs> she makes the girls stay after school to make up class. Yeah. I, is it possible to be sentenced to after school gym? I really don't know. I thought that was just sports. I mean, <laughs> the only thing worse than one gym class is two gym classes. So. Oh my god preach yeah really (laughs) sucks for them (laughs) seriously they didn't even try to look like they were doing something (laughs) no that was their big mistake because if you look in the background of like like when the teacher is talking to them and when they're just kind of you know going through like there are people in the background whose entire gym class is really just them just like jumping up in the air and spreading their arms out and then coming back down like that's their whole gym class isn't andrea on the uh on the mat just like sitting there i believe so (laughs) at least she's on the mat (laughs) (laughs) it's really the 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 bare minimum is really expected of these kids (laughs) in terms of participation which reminds me of gym class yeah it's pretty true to life you just had to be there in shorts preferably yeah 
my senior year of high school, I had fourth period lunch followed by fifth period gym. And it was the absolute worst thing. It was lunch at 1030 in the morning and then just killer side stitch. I'm just amazed that you remember this. I remember it because it was lunch at 1030 in the morning followed by killer side (laughs) stitch every single day for a year. The pain. Okay. (laughs) The pain makes you remember. Yeah. It was not fun. It's worth keeping an eye on how Daria handles it when Jane's paying attention to a guy. Like, obviously, that's going to be kind of a big part of this episode, but it's also going to be a recurring thing. So we'll come back to that at some point in the future. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, clearly she's giving Jane the side eye, right? But, I mean, would you want to say anything more about that at this moment? Uh, Not so much. I think it's, it's less about really expounding upon it and more saying, like, keep an eye out for this when it happens again okay (laughs) in the hallway mac and kevin are talking about the ethics midterm mac thinks he bombed kevin didn't need to take the exam thanks to his football coach who apparently has no ethics jane and daria overhear the conversation comment on the unfairness of the world and jane goes to study hall to sleep instead of studying for math (laughs) It is a lot of fun how angry Mac gets at Kevin. Yeah. I mean, really, this is what makes the scene, right? Yes. (laughs) It's just Kevin going after Mac back and forth in the hallway. (laughs) Bro, bro. Bro, bro, (laughs) bro. It's so weird, them being friends. We've talked about this before, uh, but just the dynamic there is bizarre. Mac doesn't like Kevin. all that much and he certainly doesn't respect him as a person kevin is like the little untrained puppy that you keep around because it's cute (laughs) and you think one day this thing will stop peeing on my carpet and i'll be able to just enjoy the cuteness (laughs) at the moment when it nips you it's cute (laughs) it's harmless (laughs) when he grows up (laughs) Yeah, not so much. When he grows up and owns a car dealership and has some questionable political stances. Yes. That's that's when you realize your puppy sucks. (laughs) Mac, your puppy sucks. (laughs) Going back to this, you know, like faux relationship that Mac and Kevin have, it's very much like the fashion club's friendships, right? True. It's like everyone who's popular just doesn't actually like each other. Right. So it's it's saying something pretty interesting about the high school dynamic in general, like the, the social structure and how the social ladder just kind of like creates these relationships. Right. Traps people in them. Yeah, totally. And like, I mean, Mac is, if I remember correctly, Mac is a wide receiver for the team. So, uh, I mean, the idea of wide receivers and quarterbacks kind of hanging out together is a thing. There's a dynamic there. <laughs> yeah, there needs to be a chemistry there for the team. Uh, so it's it's kind of natural that you know they hang out probably a ton during actual practice, and they're constantly talking on the football field. So I guess maybe that would bleed over into the real world. Right. I mean, there's a bond that happens on the field. Yeah. Unfortunately for Mac. Yes. He gets a puppy out of it. True. <laughs> <laughs> 
So Daria returns home later than usual and must explain to her parents that she has been punished because she refuses to jump up and down and tell the world that jocks are great. Uh, Helen commends her daughter for standing up to the patriarchy. Quinn then comes in to show off her new heels, which practically cripple her. But at least they make her legs look hot. <laughs> King of the World by Super 8 closes the scene. And the patriarchy wins again. <laughs> oh, man. You know, Quinn, we've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not necessarily the uh, wearing them specifically because they make her legs look great, but just having to wear awful, painful shoes, which are basically all of women's shoes. This is such a... It's not a foreign concept. I'm aware that it's a thing. I've been aware that it's a thing for for a long while now. But like, just the idea of pretty much all women's footwear designed to just hurt like hell. Yeah, I mean, particularly professional looking footwear, yeah. right? I mean, you're going to work. Maybe you're walking to work. <laughs> you know, and it's just painful. I have only recently started to wear comfortable you know, shoes, um, you know, professional looking shoes. And oh my God, it makes such a big difference. But, <laughs> you know, they're so much more expensive. <laughs> yeah, that again, and I say not a foreign concept, but still totally bizarre to me. Like, if I get a new pair of, of work shoes, like naturally, they like chew up my heels for for a day or two. Um, and to me, that's like my world. I'm so pissed off those days because everything hurts <laughs> it sucks why would anyone want to do this right but for women it's like their heels the sides of their feet you know yeah their it's their toes because everything's squished in and there's a lot of pressure on them just in general from the heel and yeah yeah i am um, i have chosen sketchers as my um you know my comfort footwear <laughs> And it's basically like my mom's shoes, right? <laughs> yeah, but when you get to that, when, like when you get to a certain age, you say, fuck it, I just want to be comfortable. Right. But what amazes me is that Skechers were like the hip shoe when we were kids. <laughs> and I do now remember that. they're my mom's shoes. <laughs> How did that happen? I guess the shoes just grew with me. Yeah, it was like Harry Potter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, now that we've gone off that tangent. <laughs> yeah. It was worth having it because, oh my God, women's shoes. Jesus. They're terrible. So Helen went off on her own little anti-patriarchy rant and it was actually pretty good. And she does have that quote, the only way it'll stop being a man's world is if we get the boys out there in their short shorts cheering too, uh, <laughs> followed by a long stare into yeah. the distance. Good on you, Helen. <laughs> yeah, clearly, even if her relationship with Jake isn't that great, she's still got some libido going. <laughs> yeah. It was item number one on her Dina Decker. <laughs> Get the spice back into my marriage. <laughs> All right. The next day at school, Daria and Jane encounter the hottie again. This time, he's recruiting students for the track team. 
The Fashion Club 4 are making snide remarks about athleticism being unladylike, and when they leave, he turns to Daria and Jane to take down the Fashion Club with some pointed feminism. (laughs) Uh, Jane signs up for the track team. Hmm. It's really not clear if Jane actually hears anything this guy says. He's just, she's just like, uh, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. I think it's pretty clear she doesn't hear a damn thing. Nope. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) She's admiring the view. And then once, you know, all the noise stops, she says, all right, yeah, cool. I'm in. Yeah. Hey, hey, and also I'm totally aware that I'm like objectifying this, this man (laughs) by calling him the hottie, um, you know, but he doesn't have a name yet. Yeah, and it's the only substance he has at this point. Like, that's the only way we know him is that he's an attractive person that Jane notices. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> also, you mentioned the pointed feminism, and I'm not entirely sure one way or the other if we're supposed to think he's legit or if he's just, like, spouting total bullshit. Oh, <laughs> because yeah. it. it Maybe part of it is because this was like 1998 as opposed to 2019. So I've heard those same lines said a whole lot over the last 20 years. Maybe they were relatively novel for their day, but just something about the delivery, something about it. It sounds like something you would say to get into women's pants. Yeah, I I think it it is definitely about the delivery, but also Mm -hmm. in part, he starts off by calling the fashion club you girls, right? And then and then he's confidently soliciting their collective opinion on his social status. Like you guys like you girls don't think I'm a loser, do you? It's just kind of condescending. It's arrogant, you know. Yeah. Um also his eyebrows are doing a weird thing. <laughs> um, so. Truly the worst. The worst aspect of all of it. <laughs> I mean, you're probably picking up on the eyebrows, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they say. They, the eyebrows are the drapes to the windows of the soul. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> do they say that or do you just say that? Because <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they should say it. They should say it. There you yeah. go. So about what the hottie actually says about women... Um, Women can succeed at any sport if they want to. Yeah, I may be wrong about this, but isn't this around the time when an athletic figure is becoming a little more in vogue for women? Yes. It is? Um, yeah. I mean, I'm thinking of like Serena Williams is starting to play around this time, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's Gwen Stefani being Gwen Stefani. <laughs> I also remember Nike doing a lot of magazine ads advertising with athletic women in the late 90s. Yeah, it's actually pretty topical because the Women's World Cup just wrapped up. Uh, go USWNT. Um, but you know, back in 1999, you had uh, Brandy Chastain kicking the World Cup winning goal for you know the Women's World Cup, um, where they won the gold there. And they kind of kicked off this gigantic... Uh, surge in in women's soccer and sort of fed into women's sports in general becoming a bigger thing and you're right like Gwen Stefani the Williams sisters uh, I think Michelle Wee now Michelle Wee came a little bit later uh, in golf but uh, you had this this 
growing uh, sense that it was okay for women to be athletic. It was possible right. for a woman to be athletic and not manly. Like mm -hmm. being athletic didn't mean being masculine. Being athletic right. just meant you were an athlete. And and yeah, that's that's kicking up around now. Also, the popularity of a women's athletic figure is a reaction to that spike in obesity in the early 90s and and also heroin chic. Do you remember heroin chic? Mm -hmm. <laughs> ah. We've mentioned heroin chic a few times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that we've gone in a more healthy direction. Yeah, a, a healthier direction than heroin chic. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> in the next scene, track tryouts. Woo. She Gave Me Love by The Getaway People plays as Jane Stretches. The hottie finally introduces himself. Uh, he now has a name, Evan. Jane makes the team, but Daria is less than thrilled. Suddenly, she must reconcile her hatred of jocks with the fact that her best friend is now a jock. This cognitive dissonance causes Daria to start talking to herself. <laughs> and Mama Morgendorfer listens in with concern. She asks Quinn to spend some time with Daria, and Quinn agrees, but only after Helen relinquishes her gold card as compensation, because of course. Yeah, nothing is not a transaction. Yeah. Can we talk about Daria talking to herself? Yes. That, that happens quickly, doesn't it? Her losing it, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she just drops immediately into this bizarre state. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm really not sure what to think of it. It's weird. Yeah. It's really weird. <laughs> you had said that um, you know, it's because she doesn't have Jane as a sounding board, so now she's just talking to herself. Um I don't know. I mean, we have her monologuing replacing the inner monologue we used to have access to in episodes like The Road Warrior, which, mm. or Road Warrior. <laughs> and, and that inner monologue was really entertaining and witty. And these thoughts that she's just vocalizing are banal <laughs> and <laughs> baffling. I think there's a, I don't want to say nuance, but I, I think that there is a distinction to be made where like, we don't really get to see her inner monologue very often. Yeah. So like when we do see her inner monologue, it tends to be stuff that is pretty entertaining, like in the road warrior, like you were saying. Um, but I mean, obviously she has an inner monologue all the time. I mean, that's how she is. That's how everybody is. Everybody's got some kind of inner monologue. Right. Um, and hers is probably a little more active than most, considering how quiet she is when she's not around Jane. So my thought there is, you know, when we when we get instances of Daria not around Jane, she tends to be, when she's by herself, she tends to be reading. She tends to be just kind of chilling. She tends to be, she tends to just find some things to occupy her time that don't involve interacting with anybody else on the planet whatsoever. <laughs> but now she's 
alone very specifically because Jane has been taken away. (laughs) And it feels like because this was not time that she planned on having to herself, she doesn't know how to have it to herself. And so she's still trying to kind of like fill that void a little bit. I don't know. It's weird is the thing. Yeah, it is weird. And it happens in like five minutes. Yeah, I see what you mean. <laughs> you know, that that Jane time is suddenly not there, right? right. <laughs> so she's still talking just to nobody. Um, I, do you think that she is talking in order to draw some kind of social interaction out of people? Like as a cry for help? Yeah. That actually works pretty well. (laughs) (laughs) I can buy that. I don't know if she's doing it on purpose. Does that make sense? Like, I I think that's maybe a a subconscious thing. But yeah, I can absolutely buy that. All right. As just being like, oh my God, somebody please. (laughs) Well, the thing is, is that she is not socially inept. I mean, she, she can interact with other people if she you know, recognizes that she wants to or yeah. needs to, you know. It's not terribly easy for her, though. No, there is there is an anxiety that she yeah. has revealed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but still, I mean, it, there's something just bizarre and somewhat unbelievable about her walking around talking to herself in this way. Yeah. Maybe part of it and this is we're probably reading way 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 too much (laughs) like we're probably thinking about this more than the writers thought about it but um there's also maybe an element of panic there like she's pacing around her room she's kind of she's bouncing off the walls that you know because she sees like hey jane's attracted to this guy and now jane's now jane's trying out for the track team and she's you know, actually really good at track. So all of a sudden she's just going to be doing all that. She's got all these new friends and maybe this new boyfriend. And, um, so she's having an existential crisis more or less like, Hey, the only person I interact with, the person I hitched my wagon to because I could trust them to be as socially withdrawn as I am has now decided that they're a social butterfly. So shit, I'm a one man show again. This sucks. (laughs) Okay. Okay. All right. Probably thinking way too much, but... I mean, I think it's warranted. It's it's a fairly large part of the plot. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> there There is a lot of time with Daria just talking to herself in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> also, we should note that um, the conversation between Quinn and Helen is pretty good. Like, you know, the decent back and forth. But there's a part where... There's a part where actually we'll just play the clip of Quinn yelling at Helen. Actually, I wanted to ask you to spend some time with your sister. Why don't you just lock me in the attic till I'm 25? I can't sacrifice any more for her, mother. I just can't. Quinn, I'm worried. She's alone too much and I think she's talking to herself. Just give her an afternoon. She'd do it for you. Should I agree to perform this sensitive and difficult task? And I'm not saying I will. What's in it for me? What cracks me up about that? I mean, first of all, it's a great line. It's great delivery. 
But what cracks me up about that is that Wendy Hoops is the voice of both Quinn and Helen. Yes. <laughs> so I love the idea of Wendy Hoops just standing in a recording booth yelling at herself. <laughs> Not entirely, unlike Daria. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's just talking to themselves in this episode. It goes full circle. Oh, hey, yeah. Turns out Jane is also really good at flirting. Hell yeah. Yeah. She's got that eyebrow. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of good eyebrow stuff going on. Yeah. It's kind of a continuation of what we saw in The Invitation, right? Where Jane saw a guy, she thought he was cute, and then she just kind of turned it on and went for it, right? So long ago. It was. It was very long ago. And we were still trying to figure out these characters then. So, you know, maybe the Jane of back then isn't entirely relevant to the Jane of now, but contextually in the show jane is the more social one she's the one who's more likely to go make out with somebody at a party (laughs) because Mm -hmm. we've seen her do it um the insinuation has been that jane has game she just doesn't use it very often (laughs) she picks her spots game (laughs) what an apt word (laughs) (laughs) Daria is immediately suspicious of Quinn's sudden friendliness, and Quinn drops the charade pretty quickly. They agree to go to the library, since Quinn's friends will be at the mall. Garbage's Push It plays in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Quinn, as usual, stumbles her way into social advancement when she gets roped into reading for small children, one of which is the little brother of a cute guy. Yet another hottie. (laughs) (laughs) And this guy is impressed by Quinn's selflessness. Uh, They leave together, and Daria is left to her own devices again. Mm -hmm. Worth noting that Quinn is not reading a book to these kids. She's reading a fashion magazine. Yes. And just sort of making shit up as she goes along. And Daria is left with the magazines, and she says, Thin thighs for your man. But I don't like men with thin thighs. <laughs> <laughs> it's such flawless delivery, and it's such a like silly, stupid little one-off joke. It's so well done, though. <laughs> and who likes men with thin thighs? Come on now. Yeah. Get yeah. thick. <laughs> thick with two Cs. That's how it goes. <laughs> Yet again... <laughs> Yet again, Daria talking to herself. (laughs) Now I'm starting to wonder what Daria's type is. What kind of man does she like? Hmm. Well, let's see. I mean, she had a she had a crush on Ted. Oh yeah. What was the kid from the the new kid? Let's pretend his name name is Ted. I'm not really sure. I mean, she had a bit of a crush on him, right? She has a crush right. on Trent. So she likes the skinny guys, right? So she likes she likes a real wiry guy with very thick thighs. <laughs> He's all thighs. Just a regular scrawny dude who happens to do a lot of squats. <laughs> They're really, really good for you. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, she's all about core stability. That's the thing. <laughs> That's big for her. Yeah, it's important. So back at school, Jane asks Daria. Yeah, let's move on here. (laughs) (laughs) Jane.
Jane asks Daria to show up for her first track meet, and Daria, friend that she is, agrees to do so. This becomes less of a bummer for her when Trent shows up, also supporting Jane because this running thing means a lot to her. Uh, it turns out Jane's really friggin' good, too, surprising just about everybody in attendance. After the meet, the pizza place is rockin' with Montel Jordan's Let's Ride, as Daria's trying to catch Jane up on all the TV she's missed. <laughs> oh, boy. This conversation is interrupted over and over by the usual suspects. They're all congratulating Jane on a job well done, and Evan is among them. And when Daria makes a joke at Jane's expense in front of him, Jane gets pissed. And she storms off, and once again, Daria is alone. Yeah. <laughs> that, that little scene at the end of Daria just pouring soda on her pizza is one of the show's great gifable moments. I saw that, and I was like, that's it, she's lost it. <laughs> Who would just ruin a pizza like that? <laughs> In this economy, <laughs> not just a pizza, a soda. Right. <laughs> We've we've talked quite a bit in the past about how Jane Lane is the best friend. Yes, totally. And it turns out Trent Lane, great brother. Yeah. The Lanes are just like a good, honest tribe that just doesn't know how to function normally in society. They're just not made for life. Because they're honest. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> and they get treated like trash by the likes of Ms. Morris as a result of them not functioning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. It really is. But we see this extent and, and there's actually like there's kind of a reference to this earlier on in the episode. Like Ms. Morris references Jane's sister and she says like, you know, I taught your sister all about you know, what it was actually like to, you know, grow up in this country or whatever. It was... Yeah, and, and Jane says, well, that's why she left this country. Yeah, that's why she's been gone for eight years. <laughs> There's a um, a feasibility to this rift between Jane and Daria. Like, it's eminently believable, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and I really like that. We can talk a little bit more about this later, but th this episode as a whole is high school as hell. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> there is so much of, of the high school dynamic in this episode, and I think all of it's pretty well done. Yeah, I agree. There's, um, you, you know, their personalities are fundamentally different, and that can cause issues sometimes. And, mm -hmm. you know, Daria coming out with the fart joke. <laughs> like, come that on. did seem out of place, right? It really, really did. I did not expect it. When she said it, I'm like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, something that out of character, you know, I mean, we've already seen her walking around in her room talking to herself. Like, we know she's in kind of a desperate way right now. Mm -hmm. So, like, something that far out of character. Seems pretty pointed. Yeah, yeah. Like, it seems like she... That's a warning shot. <laughs> that's a, that's across <laughs> the bow. You know, the next one's coming from orbit, and it's not going to miss. You know, I mean, she's sitting there talking about television that Jane has missed. It's like, mm -hmm. 
come on. (laughs) (laughs) Jane just won the track meet, right? Yeah. And and you're talking about the TV that you've been watching? I don't know. Yeah. She's trying. Yeah. Like there's there's an element of sadness to that. She's trying to she's trying to pull Jane back into their previous state of existence. Yeah. And it's not working and so she feels like she's got to make a fart joke. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I love fart jokes, but... I mean, who doesn't? Come on. This one was just, like you said, it was out of place. (laughs) It was a bit rude. (laughs) (laughs) A day or two later in gym class, Daria apologizes to Jane. Rightfully so. (laughs) And then all is right with the world again. Kind of. Oh. Yeah, yeah, no, maybe not so much. <laughs> Jane's newfound sports stardom appears to be giving her a Kevin license as the gym teacher lets her skip. At the Morgendorfer dinner table, Daria's clearly still missing her friend. Helen and Jake are concerned, and Quinn's basically throwing up her hands and saying she tried. <laughs> At school the following day, Jane reveals she received yet another perk from the Kevin license. The math test she was worried about will mysteriously receive a fine grade. Now it's Daria's turn to be pissed and storm off. She's only gone a second before Evan swings by and asks what Jane's doing hanging around losers. Jane says she was just having the same thought and walks over to the gym teacher's office. Hell yeah. 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 This is all very good. Seriously. Um, Mm -hmm. I am a total sucker. For scenes with good characters calling each other out on their bullshit. And we get to see that a lot in this episode. Yeah. And it's all well done. Like, none of it feels forced. So, I I don't think we mentioned before that Daria actually benefits from Jane's sports stardom. Yes. You know. In a, in a loose way. Like, she gets to, she gets to skip, skip a gym, gym class. class. Yeah. yeah. Um, but she does have that moment where she's like, hmm, is this really how I want to be? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, again, good characters calling each other out on their bullshit. She calls herself out on her bullshit because there's nobody else around to do it because she's talking to herself. (laughs) (laughs) But also then we have Jane calling Evan out on his bullshit. Yep. Just walking away. Yeah. Immediately, too. And that was really satisfying. Yeah, very much. Jane Lane, best friend. Yes. (laughs) Later, Daria's pacing her room and talking to herself, because that's just kind of what she does now. The Beastie Boys, so what you want, plays over her minor breakdown. Good delivery there. That was very good delivery. (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) It's really hard not to see that title and have the song in your head. Yeah, it's yeah. The, it's got that cadence to it, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Jane drops by and admits she was wrong about the math test and that she quit the team. Good on Jane. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, said team meets her at her locker the next day to bully her into rejoining to the tune of Simple Kind of Life by No Doubt. But Jane holds firm. When she's blackmailed by the gym teacher, she responds by threatening to tell the local news about the grade-changing arrangements. Everybody backs off. At the Morgendorfers, Quinn reveals she's done wearing shoes that make her legs look hot because my legs look hot no matter what I wear. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, go Quinn. Yeah. (laughs) That confidence. Yes, it's so good. Yeah, it is. Back in gym class, Ben Harper's faded plays as Daria and Jane are reluctantly participating with pom-poms. They realize (laughs) that by taking on a corrupted system only to fail and be beaten down by it, they have, in fact, been getting prepared for the real world. Credits roll to Clara Thomas's Talking to Myself. Well, that's appropriate. Yeah, very good pick for the last song. (laughs) Uh, so not a, not a ton more to add here, but it is, it's interesting how Jane straddles that line between the regular student and sort of the more Daria model. Jane is not the socially stunted kind of outcast loner that Daria is, but she's definitely not a popular kid either. Like she's not built in that, in that mold. Um, and I like that this episode explores that. Right. And she doesn't have the same kind of um, academic prowess that Daria has. Right. So, you know, being good at something, (laughs) I bet feels kind of good. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's got her art, but also art is frequently a very unrewarded slash underrewarded method of expression. Yes. So... It's unsurprising, like you said, it's unsurprising that when she is doing something that she's receiving perks for and getting a lot of adoration for, yeah, that has to feel awesome. Of course, um, her exploration of that line that you mentioned is is the result of having a crush on a guy. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I have to go here, right? <laughs> no, no, that's a fair point. Yeah, as, as Quinn's terrible shoes illustrate... The things women do to look good for men, right? <laughs> <laughs> but Jane really does enjoy running. Um, right. That's, that's one of the things that kind of bothers me about this is, is that we've seen her in the past talking on the phone with Daria and tying her running shoes. We know that, that this is a thing that she likes to do. Um, so I would have liked to see a little more firsthand about her hard work on the track team or her enjoyment of that effort. Um, rather than other people having conversations about it, you know, or her just like running across the screen, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I suppose that clip over and over again is supposed to be doing that work, you know? Yeah, but it's not quite. It's not as satisfying. I mean, she had that moment um, with Daria where she says, yeah, I went out on a limb and I tried something new and it worked out for me. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and that was satisfying. Yeah. You know, we also, it's probably fair to mention that like her noticing Evan is not the only thing that gets her into, like gets her into the idea of, you know, becoming interested in track. Like it's the thing that, catches her attention but there's also the matter of miss morris talking shit 
on her and her family. Right, right. And Jane does say, like, yeah, I went out to try to prove to my, to try to prove to Miss Morris, like, you know, jam it down her throat that, no, the lanes are actually good for something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, that's fair. There is more to it, and you're absolutely right in, in, I wish that they explored that a little bit more. Well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I also, I kind of wonder how much of, like, we don't see her put in a ton of the work necessarily, and I wonder how much of that is just the limits of the animation. Okay, yeah. Because we do we do see her running at that one meet, but there are certain shots, <laughs> like, there are certain, certain action shots of her running that just look straight up broken. <laughs> it's, it's real weird to look at, and I wonder how much of it is, you know, the folks who are putting the show together being like, yeah, we don't we don't necessarily have that club in the bag. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like when you see the legs of Sesame Street puppets. <laughs> and you're like, what's going on here? <laughs> like you're you're looking in on something you're not supposed to see. You're like, yeah. oh no, no. <laughs> oh, that's such a good comparison. Holy shit. <laughs> Uh, All right. Do we want to get into our cultural context? Yes, we do. A large part of this episode hinges on Jane receiving unfair benefits for being an above average student athlete. It's treated as something that's understood. A wink and nod agreement that if your athletic prowess helps propel your school's team forward, you're going to receive a little something on the back end. Sometimes that means being able to skip class. Sometimes it takes the form of suspiciously good or at least more acceptable grades. Uh, Whatever it takes to keep you, one, happy, and two, in satisfactory enough academic standing to continue playing. Well, that's what you'll get. I'm going to make a statement, but I'm going to preface it by saying it's an assumption because I couldn't actually find any data on the subject. That's a first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was due. I, I get one. Um, the statement simply enough is this. Academic fraud and other unfair quote unquote benefits run rampant throughout high school sports here in the United States. It's an assumption that I feel comfortable making because high school sports in this country are considerably less regulated than collegiate sports, and academic fraud and other unfair benefits absolutely run rampant through collegiate sports. So let's talk a little bit about that. To be clear, there's a powerful argument to be made that collegiate student-athletes deserve to be paid, as their hard work brings in more than $1 billion annually for the National Collegiate Athletic Association. However, there's also a line to be drawn between the pay those student-athletes may deserve and the -the under-the-table benefits many of them currently receive, including academic fraud. That's something I care about. (laughs) (laughs) We finally hit home for for Nyssa. She finally was like, oh, shit, what? (laughs) Yep, sports, whatever. (laughs) Academic fraud. Excuse me. (laughs) Excuse me, waitress. (laughs) Um, For a number of star student-athletes, the commitment to their sport requires an investment of time that costs them academically. 
In response, institutions have historically done what they could do to cook the books grade-wise and keep their star athletes on the field. So in contrast to the paucity of data to be found on academic fraud among high school athletic programs, the amount of data to be found on academic fraud and collegiate athletic programs is enormous. Mm -hmm. uh, in a 2015 article on NJ.com, reporter Ted Sherman uh, wrote of an analysis of NCAA enforcement actions that showed, quote, 26 major infraction cases in just the past 10 years charging academic fraud involving schools, including UNC Chapel Hill, the University of Georgia, Texas Southern University, Texas A&M, and others. Unquote, going on to refer to those cases as, quote, just the tip of the iceberg. Yeesh. Yeah. It's not a coincidence that an episode featuring direct examples of academic fraud in a high school athletic program wraps with Daria and Jane discussing that this is, in fact, how the world works. Uh, we even get an admission from the gym coach that numerous authorities, from the principal to the PTA, don't just know of the grade-changing arrangements, but actually approve of them. Extraordinary athletic ability is a currency all its own, and situations like Jane's allow us to see how easy it is for otherwise morally upright individuals to get sucked down into the muck when their abilities set them apart from their peers. So on that happy note, do we want to rank this episode? Yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> I really have no idea where to rank this episode. So... If we were going by combat boots or baby tea, I would definitely give this a combat boots. <laughs> yes. Here's what I think this episode has going for it. First, as we mentioned, this is a high school ass episode of Daria. Yes. <laughs> like high school ass. <laughs> yes. <laughs> with a hyphen, with a hyphen. High school hyphen ass. It's important. <laughs> this is a high school wearing heels. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it does have thick thighs. As it should. <laughs> <laughs> that high school is really doing its squats. I think when we look at uh, what we were talking about in terms of these interactions all feel very real. Like none of this drama feels forced. It just kind of works out. I do have an issue as I believe you do too of, of Daria just jumping straight into this, like talking to herself and, and this sort of like mini breakdown she has. Yeah. Is kind of bizarre. Kind of. <laughs> But there's there's so much in this episode that is enjoyable and pretty solid. You know, it doesn't knock me out, but I think it's a it's a very good episode. I guess why we have trouble believing Daria's breakdown is because there is no precedent for it. Yeah. If you're writing fiction and you come across a part of your story that just isn't working, it's more than likely that the problem isn't right there, but it is somewhere way earlier, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and what we're working with here is, I mean, it's just a short episode, you know? I mean, all the episodes yeah. are are short and, and you have to get into the plot right away. And the plot here is Daria breaks down <laughs> and, and everyone's confused about it. <laughs> <laughs> 
no. No, I mean, like, that's part of it, obviously. But it's just, it. we don't have um, the setup to make it as believable as we want it to be. Yeah. The argument could be made that the setup is basically, you know, the relationship that Daria and Jane have, right? Okay. Um, but I also think breakdown. We keep saying breakdown, but Daria's breakdown uh, in this episode. She's talking to herself, and she ruins a completely good piece of pizza. <laughs> if that's not a breakdown. I don't know what is. <laughs> what is? Come on. Um, I think the transition into, you know, that breakdown mode would have been pretty well served by any kind of, uh, you know, foundation laying, you know, at the very beginning of the episode to just kind of sort of reinforce like that connection between Jane and Daria, like how important that connection to Jane is. Right. to Daria like any kind of very brief reinforcement of that before we go into uh how removing that connection directly impacts her like some kind of line about who would I talk to if you weren't here yeah right wow yeah Jesus <laughs> there you go Nissa just fixed your episode you're welcome <laughs> so to that extent like and and because that is a pretty central part to the episode it's really hard to overlook that agreed but i think the other stuff we have here is really solid the rift between daria and jane feels pretty real Mm -hmm. the interactions of the characters feels pretty real we have you know we have kevin and mac and jody and Brittany, and they're all kind of playing their own little part Brittany's a three beat (laughs) which which is fun um so i mm, I do appreciate the consistency and the parallels between Kevin's benefits from, um, you know, his sports stardom to mm-hmm. Jane's benefits. And then, of course, the parallels between Jane doing something because of a man and Quinn in those shoes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I think it's all structurally solid. Yeah. So... We actually do have to rank this thing eventually. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> we can't just talk about it until everybody forgets that we're ranking stuff. Oh, or we could. On. We could just end the episode now if you want. <laughs> All right. I'm going to throw an episode out there. You tell me if this is better or worse, and we'll go from there. Fair enough. Oh, God. I know we just talked about fair enough. Yes. <laughs> so, That's part of the reason I'm throwing it out there. Oh my God, this is really hard. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you what I'm thinking? Yes, please. Please do. I didn't want I didn't want to. I feel like you backed me into about. a corner here. <laughs> <laughs> For me, I'm looking somewhere around six, seven, eight. I'm looking at arts and crafts, too cute, and monster. I don't think it's better than Arts and Crass. I think Arts and Crass is a very, very good episode, and it's very funny. I don't think mm-hmm. this episode is exceptionally funny. It's all right. It's got lines, definitely. Like, there's some stuff in there. I think, you know, uh, I don't like men with thick thighs is now one of my favorite Daria lines. <laughs> I didn't remember it at all, but it's amazing. <laughs> um, so I, I, I think, you know, it doesn't go above Arts and Crass, but I think somewhere around Too Cute and Monster is a fair place for this. But I'm not sure if that slots it in at seven 
eight, or nine. Hmm. I think this episode's better than Fair Enough. Yeah. I do love in Fair Enough how every character fits so well into the fair. <laughs> yes. It is it is very well done in that respect. I think as I, I guess I'm kind of, and maybe it's not fair, but I guess I'm kind of marking fair enough just a little bit lower because it feels a bit more like a gimmick episode to me. Mm. Okay. Whereas, and this is why I said that this, that um, CJ and Run is a combat boots episode. You mm. know, it's it's a solid friendship episode. Yeah. You know? And I love that. I can't get enough of that stuff. <laughs> That's why we watched Aria, right? Yeah. So so above fair enough. But Monster has that sister dynamic. Actually, Too Cute does as well. True. You know, they're both very revealing about both Daria and Quinn. Right. Hmm. I, I really wanted a little more from Jane. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that's fair. I mean, I feel like I'm being hard on the episode because I really, really did enjoy the episode. <laughs> and well, we I love re- Jane Lane, best friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have to remember that when we get up to, like, it's really hard for episodes to break into that, like, top six, top seven. Like, when we get up to that point, we're talking about best of the best so far. And something really has to stand out. Right. To make it there. Um, And I don't know if any part of this episode really like stands out. I think it's a very good episode. I don't know if it's a great episode. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Then I think we're kind of on the same page. Okay. All right. So we're looking at putting this in above fair enough? Yes. Yes, we are. All right. So something to notice. We actually, uh, earlier this week on our Twitter, somebody asked us to post our uh, episode rankings, which, by the way, are available on our website, uh, morgandorks.podbean.com. But yeah, when I, I posted a screenshot of the rankings because they asked for it, and I have time on my hands. And what I noticed in looking at that, for some reason that I hadn't really noticed a ton just looking at it in general, is, man, like... Season two to us is just straight down the middle of the road. Right, right. (laughs) There's a whole lot of stuff here. It's a little heavy in the middle. Yeah. (laughs) These rankings, yes. It's not, it's not great. It's not, it's not bad by any stretch. Like I'm, I feel like the Daria Hunter, the Daria Hunter and the new kid are the two episodes that stand out as like really, really not great. I feel like in this season, the show is falling into a really good rhythm. Yes. Um, it's finding its structure and what works and what doesn't. Like, like we get a lot of the three-beat jokes from the B-plot gang, and that's yep. really working well. Yeah. And, you know, it's stuff like that. So, yeah, it's building a foundation. Yeah, and and they're exploring these characters more. Mm-hmm. When, we're, when we look at... I don't, when we look at uh, CJ and Run, when we look at Arts and Crass and Gifted, Jesus, when we look at Gifted, like you were talking about episodes where like we're not establishing these characters. We're just kind of seeing where they go when we give them any kind of of, uh, lead. Uh, And that's really cool. Yeah. And, and, you know, we saw that 
especially with Quinn the Brain. Like Quinn the Brain's number two on this list, and <laughs> it absolutely belongs there. Yeah, there's a lot of really great stuff. It's just super hard to make it into that top five. Yes, it is. So that leaves us with CJ and Run sitting at number nine, just under Monster, just above Fair Enough. All right. I think that's a good spot. I'm pretty happy with that. Yes. Okay. I was going to congratulate Rochelle Romberg. It's <laughs> <laughs> a pretty fair ranking for our first episode. Yeah, absolutely. It's tough to get there, man. We've got standards. <laughs> we have a number of first episodes on on this ranking that are pretty friggin' low. <laughs> uh, all right. So we want to wrap this up? Yes, indeed. Okay. So that about wraps it up for this episode of Morgan Dorks. Feel free to check out our Patreon. We're over at patreon.com slash morgandorks. Uh, as always, please feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at morgandorks. Email us at morgandorks at gmail.com or check out the website, as mentioned earlier, morgandorks.podbean.com. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N.com. We have uh, episode rankings. We're working on getting transcripts going up there. That kind of fell by the wayside for a bit, but I'm, I'm hoping to get back into that. Um, also, we're on Facebook. Just search for it. It's a long address, so just look for it. Um, I'm getting so lazy. Uh, special <laughs> thanks, as always, to Outpost Daria Reborn. Link is in the show notes. And, as always, thank you, Nissa. Hey, Rob. Thank you. And thank you, listeners. We'll see you again in two weeks for Season 2, Episode 12, Pierce Me, here on Morgan Dorks. Morgandorks.